0: now today looking at the names of God we're gonna look at the angel of the Lord and this one is you're gonna have to listen closely because this one is interesting to me and I normally do about three sermons on this but I've collapsed them into one so there'll be no lunch um, no no we'll we'll get through this I want you to pay very close attention to this next series of verses and they they come out of John 1 all the way through 1 Timothy 6 Listen to the phrase that you see repeated in each of these. No one has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son. He has declared Him. You have neither heard His voice at any time nor seen His form. Not that any man has seen the Father except he who is from God. God, the blessed and only rule of all, the King of kings and Lord of lords, whom no man has ever seen and no man is able to see, no man has seen God at any time. Got it? It seems to be pretty solid, four different passages, three in John, one in First Timothy. And yet, how many times in the Old Testament did somebody talk to God or hear God's voice or were led by God to do something? So in the New Testament, we're told they never saw God. They never heard God. So what's going on? Take a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 3. Our forefathers, he's, talk, he's a Jew, and he's talking about the Jews that were in the Exodus. Our forefathers all were under the cloud. Remember that? And they all passed through the sea. They were all baptized through Moses in a cloud and in the sea. They all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink, for they all drank from the spiritual rock that accompanied them, and that rock. Christ Christ was the one who led them in the Old Testament did you ever notice that before he was the rock he was the fire he was the cloud of course we could say the spirit was as well but today we're gonna find out something very important about Jesus Jesus did not come to earth for the first time 2,000 years ago he was born in Bethlehem but it wasn't his first trip In fact we're gonna see the stunning import of John chapter 1 today a chapter which is it should be memorized by every Christian and it is stunning to me how we do not grasp what it's trying to tell us John chapter 1 in the beginning was the word I want you to remember that phrase in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God he was with God in the beginning Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. And it was life. And that life was the light of men. Got it? We need to remember that. There are a lot of versions of the early scriptures. And we've been looking at that in our How We Got the Bible um, class. And I'm really thrilled that so many of you are interested in this. I was afraid that after class one, we'd whittle it down to about 13. But we're still... Well over a hundred each week, and I appreciate that But the Aramaic translations are the ones we ignore a lot and we shouldn't we always think Greek and Hebrew Jesus spoke Aramaic The people of Israel at that time spoke Aramaic. It's related to Hebrew, but it's not Hebrew. It's rather like Gaelic, and I use this illustration in the class Gaelic is the language of the Highlands of Scotland it's Related to the Gaelic of Ireland, which is known as Irish They're both related to the Irish or to the Gaelic of Wales, which is Welsh Irish and Scottish people cannot understand what the Welsh people are saying and vice versa But an Irish person and a Scottish person can understand each other with effort That's about what Hebrew and Aramaic were and there were a lot of Aramaic translations of scriptures that we called Targums there's not a test later you don't have to remember that but Targums is what they were called and if you read the Targums you can track an angel through the Old Testament a lot easier than if you read it in Hebrew in Genesis God said let us make man in our image and after our likeness now one of the reasons we're having a racial reconciliation service today is we believe that all human beings are made in the image and the likeness of Almighty God all of them. Now, that's not the lesson today, though. The, uh, it will be this afternoon. The lesson right now is that even then, in Genesis chapter one, God wanted to work in community. He didn't say, "Right, Jesus and Holy Spirit, watch what I'm about to do here." He said, "Let us do this. Let us make them in our image." After our likeness and from that point on in the Old Testament when God shows up he shows up very often Usually in a form of the angel of the Lord. It's important. You get the the terminology correct here. It is not an angel It's the angel There are lots of angels, but there's only one the angel of the Lord Genesis chapter 16 he shows up We're going to look at most of the appearances this morning. We're going to do it very quickly we could do all of them if you'd like in a, in a later sermon. Genesis chapter 16, verses 7 through 13. Do you remember the story of Hagar? It's a woman named Hagar. You might think who would name a the word Hagar means foreigner. We don't know her real name. She was so devalued by Egypt, and then by Abraham. We never hear her called anything but that foreign woman. Think of that she's thrown away by Abraham and Sarah she's in the desert she is a nameless woman outside of the Covenant she is not a Jew has not a trace of that blood in her as far as we can tell outside the Covenant and God shows up to her because she's in distress you in distress today this is your lesson today God shows up and promises her many children that she will have a great legacy, and that God will never desert her. And she understands, and she says, she gave thanks to the Lord whose word spoke to her. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And no man has seen God at any time, but they saw Jesus. They saw an angel known as the Word of the Lord. And I love what she says about this, this angel. She says, I have seen the God who sees me. You might want to write that down. Ever you feel alone or that nobody understands you, that wonderful old hymn, Does Jesus Care?, that comes back with a resounding, Oh, yes, He cares. I know He cares. How do we know? I have seen the Lord. I have seen the God who sees me. In the Targums, they phrase it this way in verse 13. She gave thanks before the Lord whose word spake to her. Or in a different Targum, Hagar gave thanks and prayed in the name of the word of the Lord who had been manifested to her. The word showed up. Does Jesus care? He always has cared. He always shows up. Revelation 19, verse 11 through 13. Um, I forgot that I did not put the passage up, and I actually want to read this passage. By the way, any time that there's a mess up like that, know it's me. I have an A team I work with, but I do everything I can to demote them to B or C team. <laughs> Revelation 19, list, just listen. That's why I didn't want it up there. I want you just to hear it. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse whose rider is called Faithful, True. With justice, he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him, but no one knows that name but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name, okay, you get to know it now, is Word of God the warrior who met hagar and said i've got you i'll take care of you is jesus christ genesis 18 verse 1 god appears to abraham in front of his tent it's one of my favorite stories abraham's paying it, you know doing his own stuff there minding his own business and all of a sudden three visitors show up and he goes well a minute you know we will take care of you we will feed you later he realizes that they are all angels But as two of them start to walk off, the third one stops, looks at Abraham, looks back at the other angels who are looking at him, and he says, quote, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am about to do? What's about to happen? Sodom and Gomorrah are about to be judged. Judgment is going to rain down on them. And this angel is saying that I am going to do The other two weren't going to do it. The other two specifically said they were going to see if the things were as bad as they had been told they were. This one says, I'm going to do something. And I think I'm going to tell Abraham what I'm going to do. This is not an angel. This is the angel. In Genesis chapter 22, Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain to sacrifice Isaac. When Isaac looks around and says, Where, where's the sacrifice? Our versions say, in the Hebrew, Jehovah Jireh, which just means the Lord will provide. The Aramaic that Jesus spoke and read says, the word of the Lord will prepare for me a lamb. The word of the Lord will prepare for all of us a lamb. Isaac wasn't sacrificed that day but on that mountain or on that range Mount Moriah was built a city later called Jerusalem and on that mountain one day there would be a son sacrificed the Lamb of God it all comes together doesn't it the angel who stopped Abraham is called the angel of the Lord and Abraham says the word of the Lord will provide a lamb see how it comes together if you know if you start paying attention to John but there's more John chapter I'm sorry I think got John on the brain Genesis chapter 32 verses 24 and forward I love this story because it's so bizarre Jacob knows he's gonna be facing his brother who the last time they met was not good well, actually they didn't meet because Jacob was running from him because Esau was trying to kill him they hadn't patched things up via Facebook <laughs> they had not been in touch this is going to be the next meeting and they knew Esau had brought a lot of heavily armed men and Esau's men were always hairy grunting rah, 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 kind men and Jacob's men were always hello you know very um, <laughs> civilized and softish shall we say and so um, he was troubled. So he we went down by the river, and a man appeared to him, Scripture says, and wrestled him until the morning. But then it calls him an angel, and then it calls him God, and it gets very confusing because at one point the angel goes, okay, let go of me, and Jacob goes, nope. That's kind of weird. Wrestling God, God says, let go, and you go, nope, not going to do it until you bless me. That's what he said. So he blessed him and pulled his hip out of joint. That'll teach him. It is one of the most bizarre stories in the world. I've read this story and read the story and think, you know, I would love a song about this. But, and the, the refrain would have to be, and we have no idea, we have no idea. <laughs> this is just completely weird. Um, there's a reason I don't write songs. Um, Who wrestled with uh, with uh, Jacob Genesis 32 when they look back at it it says God but the Targum say the angel of the Lord I would say to you it's the same thing it's Jesus the Christ who has come the messenger of the Almighty just a little bit further Genesis chapter 48 verses 15 through 16 when Jacob refers back to that time he says God is the angel who delivered me the angel that delivered me so he's called a man called God and called an angel who qualifies Jesus nobody else is God and man but Jesus is then Exodus 11 the burning bush I it it tickles me to death I read atheist literature and and it's kind of depressing because they're not coming up with really good arguments Um, And and one of the things that atheists like to go at Is to try to make all of the miracles in scripture natural In the burning bush they say Now there was a plant in Egypt that has red leaves When the wind strikes it, it looks like it's burning Uh Uh-huh Moses probably knew that Been there 40 years Had nothing else to do He was head of sheep, Sinai division That's it Sheep aren't going to be talking to him or distracting him from bush looking. He would have known about the bush. So he would have just said, oh, the wind is blowing the reddish bush. But he wasn't. He saw one that was on fire. But it wasn't being consumed. Got a little bit close. The Bible says he went closer to it. Look at it. And the reason is, that's interesting. You know, you're on Mount Sinai. Sinai, that's the most interesting thing you're going to see for years. So you walk over to it and a voice comes out of him. The angel of the Lord who speaks from the burning bush is right after the first mention. The angel of the Lord spoke to him, Take off your shoes, for you're on holy ground. And from then on, the voice is referred to as the voice of God. It's one and the same. There's so many others. Gotta check my time. Acts chapter 7. We're skipping ahead a bit. Stephen's on trial by the religious authorities of the day. Don't be surprised when religious authorities of the day attack 4th Avenue or attack us for this, that, or the other. Religious authorities have always done that. Be surprised if they don't. Because if if we challenge them, their, their place as the religious authorities is threatened. And so they get scared. So they called him up before the Sanhedrin, Stephen, this young man, and not... Quite understanding the, how to get out of a sticky situation, <laughs> he let him have it. He preached, to, he called him stiff necked and uncircumcised and heart and ears, and he didn't call him your honor or any of that. Blasted him. And in Acts chapter 7, he refers to this being, this burning bush being, as the messenger of God and quotes Isaiah. You go back to Isaiah in the Hebrew and it refers to Jesus as the messenger of great counsel this is Jesus showing up again and again and again no wonder the writer of Hebrews says watch out who knows how many of us has been entertained, messengers angels unaware Jesus is not done one of my favorite ones gives me chills because people read right over it and don't get it Moses I love the story, Moses, I really do. God speaks to him and says, you know that country where you're wanted for murder? Yeah? I want you to go back. Okay? Go up to the head guy, top guy, and tell him, I'm removing all your slaves. Your entire economic workforce is coming with me. Moses doesn't think this is a good idea. And I just hate it that when we tell this story in... In Bible classes, we act like Moses went, I will be done. No, he didn't. He was going, basically, you got the wrong guy. He says, I don't speak well. God said, who made your tongue? Good point. Um, Kept going back and forth. And he finally said, I don't even know your name. And God says, I am. That's all you got to know. I am. John chapter 8 and 15. Uh, verse 58 The people are arguing with Jesus by what authority are you teaching us and he looks at them and he says before Abraham was I am grammatically that sentence makes no sense but if you know the exodus story you know exactly what he was saying and if you read the rest of John t- chapter 8 what happened I would go into chapter 9 from that moment on they tried to kill him for blasphemy because he called himself God who spoke from the burning bush Jesus did, for he is the word of God. By the way, that story is just hilarious. Moses saying, I I don't have anything. How's he going to listen to me? And God goes, it's okay, here's a stick. The story just keeps getting better. We don't even know if it was a pointy stick. It could have been a blunt stick just poking me. I don't don't know. And send an 80-year-old with a blunt stick in, you know, non-pointy stick. But then it even gets better because uh, once he gives it to him, he says, now throw it down. I just got it. He throws it down becomes a snake Moses runs away God says pick it up really it's not bad enough I got to go talk to Pharaoh now I got to pick up snakes you know you know that was going on inside because it goes on inside we're human beings right and don't isn't it true that most of God's good ideas sound a little bit screwy to us it does we're gonna overthrow Jericho how walking around it a lot great plan we're gonna get fed from stuff falling from the sky but it works all right back to the story Exodus 13 verse 21 the angel of the Lord was in the pillar of cloud the pillar of fire in Isaiah chapter 63 and verse 9 he is called the angel of God's presence I love that name the angel of God's presence God with us what's another name for God with us Emmanuel. He shall be called Emmanuel. And then you already know this. My favorite passage, one of my favorite passages, is Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, but also in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4, Colossians chapter 1 and verse 15. He is the express image of God. So what is this angel like? Remember that his first appearance was to a woman outside the covenant, Hagar, the unnamed foreign person. Where did Jesus go when he hit the ground? He went into Samaria and sought out the Samaritan woman who'd been thrown away by seven men and who wasn't allowed to even live in a village. She lived in a ruined place called Sychar. Then where did he go? To a Syrophoenician woman. That nobody would talk to the angel of the Lord back in the Old Testament stops the sacrifice of Isaac and sacrifices himself instead and then chapter uh, um, Judges chapter 6 another one of my favorite stories here appears to little scared full of doubt Gideon and I just love that story because when he shows up Gideon's hiding and the angel of the Lord shows up and says, "Hey, mighty warrior. And you've got to wonder if that was a bit sarcastic. And Gideon is not impressed. Basically, he says, If you are God, what have you done for us recently? And so the angel of the Lord talks to him for a bit, and then Gideon, I love this bet, says, Well, you stay right there, and in case you're God, I'm going to go prepare a sacrifice. He just said to God, You stay right there. And the angel of the Lord goes, Okay. Uh, our God is far more interesting than our VBSs indicate. He really is. But you've got to read the book. You've got to see what he's saying. And by the end of the, chap- uh, end of the chapter, yes, Gideon's a mighty warrior. Because the angel of the Lord showed up. He'll help you. You've heard it said many times. It's almost cliched. That God does not call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He walks with us. So rather like the story of John Ortberg. I've always liked John Ortberg and his books. One of the main reasons is because he explains what Dallas Willard was trying to say. <laughs> Only four or five of you will get that. I read Dallas Willard books and I'm going, what? It's just too deep theologically. And so I'll just wait and John Ortberg will redo it in words I can understand. Basically, see, spot, believe. Believe, Spot, believe. You know, and I'm able finally <laughs> to grasp it. But John Ortberg talks about he and a, a couple of other theology students were in a car once, and as they were at a red light, they saw this big man beating up this little guy. And they looked at each other, and they said, well, what do we do? And they went through the theology of it and decided, we can't just let him keep beating up this guy. And they all looked at each other, but we're theology students. Anybody here been in a fight? Well, I argued about Calvinism once. No, that doesn't count. So they all got out of the car thinking they, they had to do this for Jesus. And they walked up to the guy. They said, hey, hey, you, Mr. Big Hairy person, you know. And he turns around and they said, you got, you stop, you can't keep hitting that guy. And the guy went, okay. Okay. And he backed away carefully around the corner. And John and looked at his friends and they thought, we're good. We ought to do this for a living. And then they turned around to get back to the car and they saw the biggest guy they'd ever seen standing behind them. This man wasn't afraid of them, he was afraid of him. I don't know if that was an angel or not. What I do know is God is with us, don't be afraid. Let's go. Cammie and Ike kind of got a little chill this morning. The shooter in the Washington Mall, we were in that mall a couple days before that, and they found him, they put his picture up today, and I said, Cammy, have a look at that picture. Your jaw kind of drops. We had lunch on that pier where he's standing three days before the shooting. And we're going, huh, that was close. <laughs> Somebody asked me, they said, and you weren't armed either, were you? And I said, I, I have an attitude. Uh, I, I really do, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just, it, it's a pretty mean attitude too. You know, and I, I usually carry a book and paper cuts, paper cuts are nasty. There's no reason to be afraid he makes us a mighty warrior in 2nd samuel 24 one of my favorite stories it's not what you think 2nd samuel 24 and 1st chronicles 21 tell the same story it's a story of a plague and that's not the good part david numbers the people when he shouldn't and doesn't when he should and god has had enough of it and said you've got three choices for punishment Names them all, and he chooses plague. And if you're thinking, why plague? You ought to look at the other two. So let me review. There was a great sin. God declared a punishment. And David agreed. We deserve it. And the angel of death starts moving through Israel. But before the punishment is over, there's a certain amount of days it was to continue. Angel of death starts moving toward Jerusalem. And the angel of the Lord gets between him and Jerusalem and said, Stop it. That's enough. Now, now, hang on. God told him he could do it. The angel of the Lord stops him. Who's the only one who can remove our sentence? Jesus the Christ. And he's always been doing it. Not just. In our prayers today for forgiveness not just on the cross you hate to use just and cross at the same time it's what he's always done the angel of the Lord appeared three times during Elijah's ministry to comfort him to give him food and drink after the battle on Mount Carmel he sent him to deliver a death message a death sentence to King ah- Ahaziah when ah- Ahaziah sent soldiers to kill Elijah the angel of the Lord sent down fire and killed them instead Angel of the Lord promised the return exiles in Zechariah that they would be restored. There would be salvation for them. This angel of the Lord received worship. Every other angel, if you tried to worship, in fact, if you said, what is your name? They would say, what do you want to know my name? You can't get my name. And if you try to worship them, say, no. Only worship God. This angel, when people fell in front of it and worshipped it, accepted the worship there is no question in my mind this is Jesus our messenger Joshua chapter 5 another great story Joshua's never been afraid of anything in his life right before the battle of Jericho which is a weird battle plan the walking around thing he's got to think about this He walks out in the desert to be by himself and there he meets a mighty warrior whoever this guy is it scared Joshua to the point where he hit the dirt that never happened before or since and the first words out of Joshua's mouth are are you on our side or against us and the angel replies neither that's not terribly comforting neither he says I'm the commander of the Lord's army here's what you're gonna do angels don't give those kind of orders this one does he is God's messenger to us I did not speak of my own accord, Jesus says. In John 12, i also read a passage out of John 5. I did not speak of my own accord, but the Father who sent me commanded me what to say and how to say it. I know that his command leads to eternal life, so whatever I say is just what the Father has told me to say, the messenger of the Lord. I tell you the truth. Whoever hears my words and believes... When you believe him who sent me, you have eternal life. You will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. I tell you the truth, a time is coming, and now is come, when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in their graves will hear his voice, the Son of God, and come out. Those that have done good will rise to live. Those who have done evil will rise to be condemned. By myself, I can do nothing. I judge only as I hear, and my judgment is just, for I seek not to please myself, but him who sent me. And then, Matthew 17. We'll close with that passage. And... Mark, you can get up any time, but we've got seven verses to read here, so don't start singing yet. You can start rearranging the pronouns. I thought that was the sweetest thing. I really did. That was brilliant. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up to a high mountain by themselves. And there, his countenance, he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun. His clothes became as white as a light. And just there appeared before them Moses and Elijah talking with Jesus. Peter said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, I'll put up three shelters, three altars. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them. A voice from the cloud said, this is my son whom I love. With him I'm well pleased. You listen." We have been invited by people that don't really like the freedom and joy in this church to remove the name. But this is a church of Christ. Not a franchise of the church of Christ religion. We are a people who listen to Christ. Who love Christ. Who focus on Christ. Amen, church? And if other people use the name and don't use it well... We just need to use the name so well that they see it and they follow the one we follow. Would you stand, please? I will close with a prayer. After the prayer, will be sung out. Right? Our Father in heaven, thank you for Jesus, for everything he did before he was born in Bethlehem, for everything he did while he was on earth in that body and for everything he has done since. We thank you for the angels. We thank you for the messengers of God, but we really bow down before the angel of the Lord, Jesus the Christ. Keep him foremost in our thoughts, our eyes, and our hearts. We pray in the name of Jesus. And the whole church says,